1: Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's podcast. As always, other Matt Bell's here covering everything Wisconsin athletics, and I think you already know what we're going to talk about today at uh, the return of the Big Ten football season. Maybe you already hear some chip and happiness in my voice. Sure, you'll hear as well because it's an exciting day for everybody uh, associated uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, it's been a long, grueling journey from it being canceled, to trying to figure out why it was canceled, trying to get the answers to now, uh, hopefully back. And uh, October 24th looks like the date, and uh, it's an exciting time, and then still a lot of things to, to get to before we get there, but another step in the right direction, and kind of an official announcement from the Big Ten that they are back to back. Uh, so exciting times, we'll talk about that, kind of, uh, we're just kind of winging it, you know, going off of what, uh, you know, we know today and what we learned today, so we'll, Give you guys uh, an unfiltered and an unplanned episode here, uh, but a lot of excitement for us on the podcast because we can start talking more about football again. Bring back probably our returner profiles here at some point now that uh, you know we're getting closer to football. So exciting times, and hopefully you guys will enjoy listening to this, uh, you know, actual football talk more than just you know the doom and gloom COVID talk that we've had to do for the last few months. So Matt, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great in terms of that the Badgers are back and the Big Ten is going to be back. That is really opens up some some weekend entertainment, which is exciting, and um, I'm just glad that finally a decision was made and that things can hopefully move forward. Uh, I've got uh, some allergies going on, so that's a, a little bit frustrating on the other end of the spectrum, but on that, doing well. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm good, I'm good. yeah, I, I, I feel that I've got that same issue uh, in the spring here. so hopefully that doesn't make us sound like we're uh, stuffed up or bored. I think we're both very excited with uh, the happenings. Uh, and now it's just a matter of getting to football. but it's nice to not have to talk about you know uh, the, the mishaps of the big ten. There's been plenty of them and, and they certainly don't deserve to be let off the hook, but at the same time they they you know push back their decision and now they've made a, a new decision and we're moving forward with hopefully uh, an eight-game football season. So exciting stuff uh, for the Badgers and, and the conference. So I, I can't wait to, to talk about something other than, like I said, the doom and gloom that has been around the Big Ten, talk about some excitement with, uh, with the conference and everything like that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really refreshing to, to have a season to talk about. I know um, we've, we've done our best to try to continue to deliver you know, our two podcasts a week Um, trying to just make sure that you're getting as much content as people want and and that's been at times tough just because there, there has been news, but then sometimes there hasn't been. And, and so it's, it's been fun. Recruiting has helped a lot. But now, you know, we talked in the last podcast that really you look at the 2021 class and it's starting to close down shop. It looks like in a lot of ways based off of numbers, but, but now at least we've got the season and we've got some excitement to kind of pump through the airwaves, which is going to be awesome. And I know we can get back to hopefully, uh, Previewing games and reviewing the games and talking to, about them in depth and everything and I and I I know I was really loved doing that last year and I'm excited to get back to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the we've I think when we both signed up to do this podcast, we were both really excited about doing that part, and we also noticed the challenges of uh, what to do with, without football. But thankfully, we hopefully you know, I know we still have to get to October 24th, but it sounds like we're you know we're there. Um, And we're we're working our way closer to to have that. So game previews and uh, breaking down the other teams. You know, having interviews with the other SB Nation sites. I always enjoy doing that. So a lot of uh, a lot more fun conversations to be had here over the next coming month as we get ready um, to dive into the football season. But we'll we'll start there. October 24th is the date that has been uh, 23rd and 24th. I know uh, in Barry Alvarez's discussion. Today he did mention that there is possibilities for some Friday games. Uh, so that opening weekend, there the door is still open for a Friday night game. There's also he also mentioned some maybe Monday night games, um, which would be interesting as it coincides with Monday night football. I don't know if you could maybe start that earlier or or something like that to kind of run into uh, Monday night football. I don't know if Fox would really want a, a game. In that window, but it sounds like the season and the kind of 2020 season in general has to be flexible, and I think that they're looking to do that. But uh, just, just what was kind of your reaction to finally see that? Hey, you know, this is going to be a go. It's going to be uh, an eight plus one type season. And uh, what do you think is is coming down the pipeline here that they kind of have to try and still figure out?
0: Yeah, you no, know, I was really excited. I think it's 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 awesome. I, I like some of the things because it adds a little some quirks to the season that um that weren't necessarily expected. I was I I thought for sure they'd get in the um the division games, but then having two extra ones is kind of nice. Really, what's happening is you're missing out on uh. Your your non-con games plus one, and and I think that's that's really it's not uh going to really shake things up too much, especially in terms of college football hierarchy. Most teams will see how many games uh, get off the ground for everyone across the country. There's going to be some some funkiness in terms of well, this team's played seven games and they're seven and zero, and this team is. Uh, eight and one, you know, so there's, I'm excited to see kind of all of that play out. Um, it's, it's one of those where it's like maybe the BCS system with the computer based analysis would have been best almost. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm excited just in, in terms of it'd be awesome if there is some Friday night games during that primetime window. Um, I, I like, like you, I'm a little hesitant on the Monday aspect just simply because I have a hard time Seeing them trying to take down Monday Night Football or trying to play before it, I guess you could, but then you're you're still crunching out a, a good chunk of your um, fan base because they're just getting off of work and not going to be able to catch the, the first half of the game really. So I think I think overall it's really exciting. But what really jumped out to me was the idea that was brought up was with the eight games plus one that uh, that every team is going to play in the championship week. Um, and I thought that was super cool. That's something that we haven't seen done in, uh, other conferences. Something that I think really it's, it's almost like a little mini bowl for these teams. Um, and, and allows them to play. Sometimes it'll be a rehashing of what happened during the season, but in a lot of ways it's, it's just going to be a way to say, hey, um, who, who's better? You know, at least for this year, the West or the East, the East usually has the, the firepower and, and gets all of the notoriety, but at the same time, I'm interested to see that you'll have your conference champ pseudo conference championship game with one versus one, but then going down two versus two, three versus three, and, and whatnot. I think that's really cool and something that uh, should be should be a lot of fun to instate this year something that's a little bit different and, and kind of crashes what's uh, normally going on.
1: Yeah, it'd be a nice new little wrinkle. I think that the Big Ten adopted to kind of not only. Uh, you know Barry Alvarez when he talked about it in his presser kind of mentioned that you know the the reason why they did it was to make the season seem worth it. And I think while eight games is definitely the number that they um you know, that they were looking for to begin with, a ninth really makes things kind of take off and and make it worth it. Where you're getting uh, an extra conference game in, but it also might help in terms of getting a boost. Uh, late in the season, whether you need a, you know, you're going to be playing a team that uh, is is, is a, about the same level as you in the conference. Uh, you know, there's going to be give and take on some games that might be better than others, but generally speaking, you're going to be taking on a team that finished in the same uh, realm that you did on the East. You get a little bragging rights if maybe the Big Ten West can kind of pull some weight and and knock off some teams because the East has always been one that has been spoken to with much higher regard than the West. So. It'll be interesting just for bragging rights. It'll be interesting for you know teams trying to boost their resume to maybe get into another bowl. Uh, again, we're not sure how bowl schedules will go and, and how that'll all play out, but uh, it's it's an interesting uh, aspect that the no conference has done. It'll be fun to see. I mean, you think about that championship Saturday essentially being a whole day thing. You could have you know if you look at last year's standing, you of course had you know, Ohio State and Wisconsin in, in the Big Ten championship game. You'd have a Penn State Minnesota rematch. Michigan and Iowa, Illinois and Indiana, uh, Nebraska, Michigan State, Maryland, Purdue, and uh, Rutgers Northwestern. So some of those games, you know, I don't know if I really wanted to tune into last year's Rutgers Northwestern game, but uh, some of those games would be really interesting to have, you know, a Penn State-Minnesota round two last year would have been cool to see. Um, so then you'll probably get some different matchups this year where that ninth game will not only make it worth, uh, you know, for the the fan bases and, and the players to get what they feel is at least as close to a full season as they can, uh, but it should be something different that, uh, you know, if there's a year to do something different in college football, it's this year, and I think it's a nice little uh, wrinkle that the Big Ten added in.
0: Yeah, and I think you just got to, like you said, you got to lean into the differences and, and lean into what this year is going to be and that it's going to be just a, a little bit wonky, but at the same time, I, I think one thing that, is, that still needs to get figured out is is the schedule, obviously, about who the teams are actually going to play. You're going to play your divisional games. You're going to probably have two crossovers, um, but who are those crossovers after the uh, schedule was completed, Um, I would anticipate that the Badgers will still play Michigan. Um, But I I think then we look at within the schedule, when you get to those one versus one, two versus two, three versus three, is what's the determining factor to decide who's the home team or where are these games even being played? Like are they playing in some some different venues or are they playing um, where the team who has, you know, one certain thing that uh, determines it, if it's, if it was original head to head or if it was, um, if it's just overall record or kind of how those tiers go. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how things will kind of slowly unroll here over the next week. Um, I, I think for me in reading through and, in seeing the information provided by the Big Ten and, um, and hearing the, the people in power speak about it, it, it seems like they had uh, a greater um, understanding of the bigger picture and, and really um, provided a bigger picture to the, the nation about why they were making the decision compared to the first time. And I think that was probably the most uplifting part of it is that, hey, the Big Ten actually looks pretty good for this. I understand that Mm -hmm. it looks like they shot their right foot and now they're hobbling around on their left because they messed it up at the beginning. But for them to, hey, divert course, acknowledge, hey, we we probably didn't handle it right the first time. Here's some information really being thorough in their layout of here's – we are going to be playing. Here is what needs to happen for the return to play I thought was refreshing. And I think that was a big step in the right direction for – for fans and and people across the country, media and whatnot, to to get some restored faith in leadership in the Big time.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, that was kind of my thinking is that the transparency this time around was much better, and and thankfully uh, they learned from the the initial mishaps that they adopted um, in, in that first go around. Because I that was uh, I they, they there's no more frustration than. What some of these fan bases and people have had to deal with over the last couple months. I know this morning before everything broke, we put out an article on Bucky's fourth quarter that Drew wrote up, which just basically said, you know, just make a decision already. Everyone was kind of waiting around, and, and thankfully it's the right decision. But. Or the, the decision that we all want—I should say—no one will know it's the right or wrong decision until we get <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we, no let one really preface, knows. Let me preface that and walk that one back a little bit. It's the decision that we all want to see as football fans, and, and who knows what the impact will be? I know there's been some games canceled across the country already because of COVID, so nobody knows if it's the right answer. Um, but we all want to see football in some regard, and we want to see them do it safely. And if they think we can do it, then you know, then 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 let's do it. So. I'm interested to – but at the same time, you know, if, if there was – if the decision that was a no, at least we finally had that final answer and we could kind of move on because the last few months has, has kind of been a lot of reports of people putting it out there and dangling it in front of you and everyone thinking it's it's not really the case though or not going to happen or you can't believe it or, or something like that. So it was nice to see that the Big Ten was saying, okay, you know, last time, yep, hand up. We, we screwed it up, but hey, this is what we're going to do going forward. We've got the answers. We've got our concerns that we think we've addressed, and uh, let's let's roll out a plan. So I'm interested to see over uh, this next week or so how that continues to roll out. Because I will I will say I was impressed by the Big Ten this morning. Uh, you know what they laid out. Um, the answers that they had. You know on the Big Ten Network they had that full board, uh, including Barry Alvarez on there to answer questions. And, and talk about certain things right after that. Barry Alvarez was on with the local, you know, Wisconsin media. So they weren't holding back with trying to answer these questions. I think that's what you need as you try to get people to buy into the season going forward because there's still a lot of doubters out there that that maybe don't think it's safe to do it. But if you're answering some of those questions and how it's going to work, you might uh, calm some minds and, and ease some people into, you know, the possibility of having this because, um, you know, one of the questions that was addressed was, you know, how, how, how does it optically look that football is starting up when UW is almost kind of getting close to, you know, quarantining and, and shutting down? So uh, addressing all those questions was, was really important. I think the Big Ten did a good job overall across the conference of of laying out their plan and what they're looking to do yeah
0: I thought Barry Alvarez did was a really good ambassador for the Badgers, uh like he has been time and time again, but you know he was not only part of that committee but he was speaking um openly and honestly on Big Ten network uh really kind of taking um time to to speak on behalf of that and, and really just kind of putting the cards on the table, which is refreshing to see um and I know he was trying to do that the first go around um but it wasn't really his decision um and he you know it was the president so I think I think that was good to to see Barry go on ahead and in doing that but what did you make of the uh the positivity and the um the kind of what needs to happen with testing numbers in order to continue on with athletics cuz I think that was one of the more interesting things that was dropped today with kind of those different um bands um based off of the different scenarios with the green the orange and the red uh breakdowns what did you make of that
1: yeah I think that's going to be I don't know that thing that looks like it could get messy is is the way I saw it because um, of course you've got the numbers and you know what what is going to happen now and, and how you're going to proceed you know once things happen is going to be the you know the biggest kind of concern because essentially there's three levels basically saying you know you're, you know, you can keep going, you can stop, you can, you know, or you're, you're on a pause, basically. So that was, I think, going to be not overly complicated because you do need to kind of have some sort of system on, you know, whether you're you're at risk, you know, whether you're shutting down or whether you're moving forward. And I, I do the one part of that. While there is, I think, some concerns with it, I do like that it's going to be, you know, Big Ten protocol. They're going to lay it out for the schools. It's not going to be school by school basis. Um, which I think will help in continuity continuity within the conference. So it could be a little complicated and a little messy at times, but I'm, I'm hoping that the Big Ten has has done enough uh, research and put in enough time with the numbers that they feel comfortable with. This is the model that they can go with to proceed, and, and hopefully it it doesn't cause any issues as they move forward. Yeah,
0: and I I do think if you look at it, you know, it, it opens up that that there there's that really it needs to. Take that you have to hit above that five percent team positivity rate and the seven point five percent population um, rates in order for there to be a stop of the game, which means there's got to be pretty much all hell breaking loose on a campus in order to lead to that. Um, and really, this is when it's talking about the pop- population, it's talking about um, the the athletic department with within that. So mm-hmm. I think you look at it, you've got the green. And you but you can be green and orange in one and you're still good to go. The orange and orange or even orange and red in one of them and you're still fine to continue but you need to be kind of treading lightly or proceeding with caution, making sure that you're kind of changing up your practice and meeting schedules to make sure things happen. But but then the other thing was the 21-day quarantine basically that uh, players would have to undergo. Um, that's, that's a little longer than what most places are doing. It's much longer than the CDC's recommendation, but I think this all comes down to the myocarditis, which is the heart condition uh, that we've we've talked about at nauseum. It feels like on on this podcast and that people across the country have talked about uh, a lot. So, um, but I, I but I think that's that's going to be something to monitor because if you get A player who's positive, you're knocking out three eighths of their season or three ninths, you know, which is a third of their season when you add in that, that, uh, plus one game. So I think that's going to be something to watch and, um, and monitor as well.
1: Yeah. That's going to be part that is is certainly concerning. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, what, you you know, of course this is all positive and, and we're happy to have football back. And we're gonna be excited to talk about it and everybody's glad that the Big Ten made the decision, but there still are some concerns, and I think you kind of addressed one of them with the twenty one day quarantine. But I think the other concern, and and I'll ask you after kind of what your concerns are with the new schedule. I, I also do kind of worry about the um you know, the lack of a bye week in that uh schedule. You look at the last two weeks across college football, there's been a good handful of more than a handful of games that have been canceled or you look at, like, last last weekend, Georgia Southern had, you know, 33 players held out due to a COVID outbreak. And, of course, that's probably going to happen around uh, a lot of different places. And some games have been postponed and pushed back. But the Big Ten, unfortunately, is just not going to have that flexibility that some of these other schools have. You know, the ACC had a couple of games that they canceled, moved it to a different week. They hope, of course, that they can continue to get that game in uh, down the road. But the Big Ten, it doesn't sound like they're going to have as much of a luxury. So that's definitely a big concern with me as well as the 21-day quarantine. But if you can make it work, it'll be great. But did you have any other concerns when you kind of heard the plan that the Big Ten laid out?
0: Those were those were the main things. I, I do think though, either way, this is a huge win for any of the athletes who I know that um, a lot of the um, decisions were made on behalf of athletes to keep them safe and doing what's in their best interest. But really, you you look on Twitter, you look on Instagram, you 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 hear from the athletes, and it's it's overwhelming that they wanted to play. You know, so they're they're this is something where they're they're clock is ticking on how many games they can actually play in their careers, and this mm-hmm. is just opening that up. And it really goes back to helping specifically a lot of these seniors who this was their last shot. And, you know, we talked about Colvin Lennon. We talked about Eric Burrell. You know, they if it went into um that there wasn't a – Season. Who who knows if we see them again in a Badger uniform when they're probably uh, primed to have their best season, most likely uh, with the Badgers. So I, I'm I'm excited and and overall just super grateful that the decision was changed because it was it was hard to watch last weekend and and not have the Badgers or not have even the Big Ten because you know even when the Badgers have a bye week, there's usually a good Big Ten game to watch. Um, so I can't wait to watch that. Uh, that uh, Northwestern Iowa game on a Friday night.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll be—I'll be excited for any Big Ten football at, at this point because it, it did feel, you know, as cool as it was to watch college football last week, and it just felt kind of empty and, and hollow when you didn't have the the Big Ten or the SEC or, or the Pac-12 later at night. And it just doesn't feel right when you don't have that wall-to-wall action. Uh, thankfully, the Sun Belt came through and did provide some entertainment, but it still didn't feel like a normal slate of college football, you know, from 11 a.m. To, to 1 a.m. the following day. So uh, it would be nice to see the the Big Ten back, and, and hopefully they can come up with a, a schedule now that, that provides them some serious entertainment. I don't know. I, I wrote up an article this morning or, uh, about the schedule. You mentioned that you think they're going to play Michigan uh, as one of the crossovers. Uh, I know in an article that they put out, it would be four home games, or a picture that Wisconsin football tweeted out. It will be four home games, four away games, and then the plus one. Um, so you look at it, you you pretty much have you've got the six determined. And I, I agree with you. I think Michigan is going to be one of the crossover games. I would guess at Ann Arbor for that one, since that's where it's supposed to be this year. Um, but what do you think of maybe the the other part of the schedule, that last game? Because I was, you know, you're looking at it, Indiana. Maryland were the two other crossover games they were supposed to have. They had both of those in the second release of the schedule, so I would have to guess it's going to be one of those two. But what do you think might be the uh, eighth game for the Badgers?
0: So in looking at it, I'm also fascinated to see what they, they do with Nebraska. That Nebraska mm-hmm. game was yeah. originally slated to be at Camp Randall. Then they switched it to in Lincoln. Where's that going to be as well? Because mm-hmm. that's been some flippy-floppy with it. Um, but obviously, I think they're still going to be at Evanston, so that's one of their road games uh, at Northwestern. They're going to be at home against Minnesota, so that's one of their home games. Um, College Park, Maryland. You know, it, but are they going to do both of the crossover games on the road? You know, school it's mm-hmm. like I would assume that they're going to play either Maryland or Michigan. Uh, on the road, Um, so maybe it's the Indiana game at home that still happens as a crossover, Um, but then you you also look at um, you're going to have Purdue probably at Camp Randall, you're going to have Illinois at Camp Randall, you're going to be in Iowa City. Um, So how does that look from there, and how does it all kind of just flesh out nicely? Because home games-wise, you you for sure are going to have the Minnesota you're going to have Purdue, you're going to have Illinois. Um, I would anticipate that maybe that Michigan game would pop in there, or or the Indiana game, to to round out your four. And then away you've got Northwestern, Nebraska, Indiana, and one of your crossovers is is whether that be uh, I know they added Rutgers, but I would anticipate that it would stick to your original plan, which would either be Maryland or Michigan. And I would guess that the Big Ten is going to be like, hey, which, which game is going to get more views? Let's throw that Michigan game in there.
1: Yeah, you look at the the matchups between Wisconsin and Michigan in the last few years. I don't think they want to miss out on that one uh, because before these last four or five seasons, Wisconsin hadn't played Michigan for a while. It's been a very competitive series. It's been a fun one, kind of back and forth. Um, so you don't want to lose out on that game for a, a date with Maryland. Uh, as much as they want to try and keep the schedule the same. You're, you're not going to get the full Big Ten slate that you normally would. So you're, you're going to have to lose some of those games, but you're also going to want to try. And there's there's another big factor in the uh, schedule part, and that's uh, Fox and, and their sports networks and which games they want on their network. And if they're looking at it, they're definitely going to want that Wisconsin-Michigan game uh, more than the uh, you know Wisconsin-Maryland game. I, I would like to see the Badgers play Indiana. I think that was a nice... Uh, interesting uh, game to start the season this year. It's a, a team that that has a lot of intriguing uh, players coming back. For Indiana had a good season last year, so I would love to see them play. Uh, from a competitive standpoint, I know Maryland is, and, and Rutgers would be nice to have on the schedule as well, uh, but I think maybe in a shortened season, too, with only eight games, you might want the games against them, better competition. You might want the Michigan and the Indianas uh, in those crossovers, because you're getting two, you know, higher quality games versus if you're playing Maryland and, and a Rutgers or someone like that, and you only have eight game resume to go off of in bowl conversations and you know the college football playoff conversation, uh, Should you get to that point, you're it's going to come down to you know not every team is going to end up playing 12 games and, and you're going to have the same. Uh, you know, a number of games to look at in terms of strength of schedule and, and things like that. Eye test is going to be important, but it's also going to be, you know, who you've played, who you've beaten, and if you can beat, you know, a Michigan and an Indiana over a, you know, a Rutgers or a Maryland, you, all of a sudden your schedule and your look gets a little bit bolstered, which I think in 2020 is going to be more important than ever.
0: Oh, for sure. Um... Let's look at what do you think about looking at kind of the implications for the playoff because I think that that's gonna be fascinating to watch here as well you know i've I've talked about that it's just gonna be weird in terms of mismatched numbers of games and who's who's played who um the resumes are gonna be very different and I think you're looking at i know owen have talked written, written an article talking a little bit about um the playoff and and how every the big ten coming into it uh affects everything but I think the, the major way that, that it affects it is I, I think one of the Big Ten teams is going to get in that playoff, even if they maybe lose a game or you could even possibly lose two just because this is going to be such a wonky season. So I, I'm excited to see that because I do think there's going to – because you have four teams playing, four major conferences, you know, you've got the Big Ten, Big 12, um, SEC, and ACC, I'm guessing you're going to probably have one from each conference. Uh, unless unless the conference just absolutely craps the bed, um, and so I, I think that's going to be fun to watch and um, and and see kind of if the Big Ten can can rally through and, and still get somebody into the uh, playoff.
1: Yeah, that part is going to be you know, fascinating. That, that kind of also comes back to the you know the the lack of a bye week. If a team all of a sudden loses one of those eight games because of something, maybe it's not even uh, a team that. Uh, you know, you may not even have an outbreak, but if you lose your opponent and then all of a sudden you lose a game, you don't have that flexibility to get that uh, week in there. I think that part can be can be challenging, and you hope that the Big Ten can, uh, you know, have have their. And I know the players and, and coaches they've done a great job of of keeping, you know, the, the the cases in under control, not having a lot of outbreaks at a lot of Big Ten schools. While there's been other schools that have had a lot of them, I think for the most part the Big Ten has been pretty good about it. Um, so that will help but you know you look at if you want a chance to to play in the college football playoff you got to pretty much get uh, those eight games and you need to uh, play well and 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 make uh, make a case for that so they're going to not only be relying on your teammates as well but you're going to want to be playing those opponents uh, week in and week out to uh, you know to make sure that you're getting the games to to get in there and qualify for it and I also think Um, You know, Braden Gall uh, with the Athlon Sports Magazine put out a good point that, you know, the the college football uh, playoff committee could look at pushing some of this back if they wanted to. If they didn't, it's more so tradition, you know, playing, wanting to have some of these games on New Year's Day and things like that. But if they wanted to maybe work with the conferences and and ensure that the best four teams get in there, that could possibly be moved. Now, that's just him saying that, and they, they do have the power to do that. That's not saying that they will, but that is something that, you know, if you get to week seven here and, uh, you know, some teams have played four games, some teams have played six, some have, you know, had no problems in their schedule and you want the other teams to catch up and and even it out, that's something that maybe gets kicked around and and it's probably not something that will be talked about until you get to that point. But certainly an interesting nugget that I saw, um, you know, him put out that, you know, maybe they could look at that. I don't know if they will, but it would be – I think it'd be feasible, and, you know, you're looking, like the U.S. Open is playing golf this weekend. That's not normal, so having a playoff a little bit later and getting the best four teams in, while it might be different and not normal, it could be something that, uh, you know, people that are fans of the sport would want to see.
0: Yeah, and you can even possibly cut down on some of that time in December that's usually um, allowing teams to kind of take a step back and, and practice in, in anticipation of a bowl game. So that's another time. I know that they usually do that because of finals and whatnot, but I, I think it would make a lot of sense if they just kind of um, continued the season, season a bit or backed up the actual uh, conference championships a little bit there's no reason they couldn't do that and still keep the the playoff when it happens or the bowl schedule when it happens so I think there's a lot of flexibility still it's just a matter of will the people in power you know go with something a little non-traditional and be okay with going out of the box and away from what's what what has happened in the past because this is such a uh, a fluky year that I think you just have to go with the flow and, and be okay with um, and be okay with everything. So um, the other thing was the Badgers uh, don't have uh, any players at this point to have publicly came out and and opted out, whereas you have a lot of teams across the Big Ten have players who have opted out, um, and that could really change some of the things this season. You look at Penn State and they were hit pretty hard with. Um, with some of their best players opting out, and and does that help the Badgers in, in a way, or do some of these guys who had originally opted out, did they come back because now that the season is is going to be happening in the fall? So I I'm I'm, I'm uh, interested to see now that hey there's actual uh, feet to the fire, how many players uh, continue to opt out or come back, or um, kids maybe now choose to opt out, you know? So I think that that's going to be something uh, interesting to watch as well.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just wondering because I was like, I don't know if, you know, I don't think there was ever anything that said, you know, that you can't opt back in uh, essentially because there was never any plans to have a season until, um, you know, over the last couple weeks. I know, um, you know, you look at across the the conference, Micah Parsons for Penn State, uh, Minnesota had a a couple different guys. I know Micah Parsons kind of put out a – a cryptic tweet talking. You know, someone asked him, "Please come back," and and he put out uh, a gif, kind of saying he was, you know, trying to lead people on and not sure what he's doing. So I, there's no reason why I don't think these guys could could possibly not come back now that it essentially is kind of the same season. Um, you know, that's going to be an interesting part uh, to watch for. And then all of a sudden, you also need to look at the the new red shirt rule. Um, you know, that they were talking about with the spring winter season. Now all of a sudden it's a fall season. How will that change and, and how will that be affected? Because, you know, that that was a nice rule that they put in place. But will that be the same? What will change with that, you know, and, and recruiting? There's so many things that still need to be ironed out. Uh, but at least, like you said, there's feet of the fire. There's a, a, step in the, a step in that direction where maybe they can uh, get all this ironed out quickly. And, and thankfully, they've still got, you know, October 24th is still a good chunk of time away where they can uh, make these decisions and make these moves pretty quick. Because uh, there's one thing in college football you've seen, uh, Houston and Baylor scheduling uh, you know, a game last Saturday for next weekend. There's a lot of flexibility, and you can make decisions quickly and on the fly to hopefully make this thing work.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I look at it as um, the fact that, Really, there's, it, it's, it's in flux. Like, this announcement comes with a lot of, um, optimism, a lot of, a lot of positive vibes, but there's still a lot that still needs to be figured out, and, and it will happen. Um, and, and that's just stuff that is gonna happen behind the scenes, but I do think that, uh, I think this provides an opportunity for players who are wanting to get the most out of a final year or get the most out of a, a season. The opportunity to still get nine games in, possibly, or possibly 10 if you play into a bowl game if they have them. So you look at that, and that makes it well worth the season for a lot of mm-hmm. these guys that, you know, some of the underclassmen will still get to keep their eligibility, but. Some of the upper classmen will be able to look at it and say, you know, I- I'm good here, um, and it won't mess with some of the scholarship numbers nearly as much. You They might be able to grad transfer and go some places. Um, we'll see kind of how that goes. You might have some 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 cases. You know, we had talked about a guy like Danny Davis who hasn't redshirt. Maybe it makes sense if if he wants to come back and and um, and, and do a little bit more damage. But but I think really I think the way that the Big Ten has done this um, helps. Um, make it so and alleviate some of the worries of roster management and everything. And it makes it so that it's really only the pac 12 that the NCAA is got to worry about in terms of the, the um, not having played a season and, and some of the uh, eligibility concerns in a major way, because it's going to be interesting to see whatever the hell the pac 12 does now that they're kind of on an Island.
1: Yeah, that is going to be an interesting part uh, to their season. I know there's been some uh, letters going around similar to where the Big Ten was probably a month ago from players asking the Pac-12 to you know, kind of re- think about reinstating their season uh, similar to what the Big Ten just had. And I know the Big Ten and Pac-12 have tried to be uh, aligned in their decision making thus far, and the Pac-12 is hoping the Big Ten is going to be sticking with them, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. So it will be interesting to see if that causes a domino effect uh, where maybe the the Pac-12 changes course too. I I they're a long ways away and it's you know clock is ticking right now if they were going to but uh definitely interesting to watch how uh how how quickly the college football landscape and and the uh, the course of action can change here. Um the last one I wanted to ask you about, I know uh we had talked about it in the Slack channel a little bit and I actually um tried to ask in our presser, presser today with Barry Alvarez about this but unfortunately my question did not get uh what is the status for you know we were going back and forth trying to figure it out the home games given the dane county order is, is something that definitely has some interesting to it and you know, i think everybody just assumes that games are going to be going off at camp randall but uh, according to the the health you know public health and, and safety order uh you're not allowed to have outdoor gatherings of more than 25 people and of course if you're having a game at Camp Randall, even with just the players and staff, you have well more than 25. So I'm interested to kind of gauge your thoughts on, on what you thought uh, of that and how that might play out.
0: Yeah. I think that's going to be something fascinating to watch because Mm -hmm. there's really, we don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. like we saw that the Madison forward just recently made an announcement that they're, that for this season, they're going to be playing elsewhere until they can come back to Bree Stevens. Um, do the Badgers have to do something similar? Um, I, I I doubt that uh, Dane County would 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 do that, just given the sheer amount of money that could be on the line for for uh, local businesses and for um, the team and for the 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 athletic department. But but who really knows? Because it it really is. I mean, it's a public health crisis. They're trying to figure this all out. It's it's really there's. There's there's good and bad that can come of it if you're in their shoes. So I'm I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle now for the um, athletic department to get to figure out. Um and and they will they'll figure it out. I'm guessing there'll be uh, there's got to be a waiver process to to possibly get through that. Um when you're when you're doing all these other pro- protocols because mm-hmm. any most. Most 25-person outdoor gatherings, you're not going to be having every single person getting tested that day, you know, a couple hours before with rapid testing, whereas it's this, it's everybody's getting tested daily um, and, and in multiple ways, and, and they have contact tracing going on and everything, because I know a lot of places, you know, you look at some of the NFL over the, end of the weekend, they showed kind of the, the risk monitoring that they have, so that they can track mm-hmm. their location and everything. I, I'm I'm guessing that a lot of the top programs are doing stuff similar, where they they are uh, tracking the whereabouts of players and whatnot, so that they can make sure to keep things uh, locked down. That if there is contact tracing, making sure that players are off the side. So the precautions that are being taken place by the um, uh, by the athletic department are going to be much higher than what the general public oftentimes is doing. There are people that are still, um, doing that and, you know, everybody is, is still doing their best to, you know, socially distance. Um, obviously wash your hands. Don't be stupid. But, um, the big thing was I, I do think that some of the precautions that are within the athletic department are heightened compared to the general public.
1: Yeah, and that's what Barry Albers kind of talked about a little bit when he was asked, you know, that question about the optics of playing football when the school is is having issues and, and is shutting some things down. And he said, you know, the the school itself is not, you know, rapidly testing um, the way the football team and the athletic department will be doing, you know, with the daily test. So uh, for him, that 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 that's something that made him feel a lot better about, you know, having these guys play and practice and be in close quarters is that. Uh, they're they're getting tested every single day. You know, you have seen that seem to work in a bubble setting. Uh, you know, in in the NBA, they're getting tested every day. Um, and and if there's anything that that comes up, they they can go back, and they can trace it, and, they, and not have to worry about it as much. Uh, so you're going to have similar uh, protocols and precautions put in place so hopefully you can have that go off w- w- without a hiccup here uh, for the Big Ten football season as well. Even Major League Baseball, who's you know. Uh, been testing daily and having to travel yes they've had a few incidents early in the season um, but for the most part these these last uh, you know 30 to 40 days with that has they've got that cleaned up they've got it figured out and I think that it was a good you know example for college football maybe being able to work with the travel you know the the bubble situation was just going to be impossible uh, for a college football roster so can you do it uh, the way baseball is doing it where you're traveling and in rapid testing every day and it looks like uh, you can given the results of late, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, of course, there's not as much flexibility if something does hiccup like that, but hopefully the precautions and, and everything put in place uh, will prevent those hiccups from happening in the first place.
0: For sure, man. I, I think I think that really is is based off all the information we have, all we got. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll keep around keep trying to read the tea leaves, figure out more information. I'm assuming the Big Ten will come out with more information in the coming days, um, and that way we can cover some of that next week. But uh, we wanted to rapid-fire this out and get uh, our thoughts out in the airwaves as quick as possible. So I hope uh, people enjoyed what we were talking about.
1: Yeah, we gave you all the answers that we had and that we could uh, speak about comfortably. I know there's a lot to still iron out over the course of the next week. And that's what Barry Alvarez kind of mentioned in, uh, in the uh, you know, pressers, that they don't have all the answers right now, but this next week is going to be uh, where they iron out a lot of those details. And uh, despite the, the blunders early on, it sounds like they are having a lot of these conversations and they've got these plans put in place. And now it's just time to, to finalize them and announce them and, and give people the answers that they're looking for. So as more stuff comes out, we'll, of course, cover it uh, here on the podcast. Like I said earlier, probably start doing more um, you know season previews, game previews type stuff again uh, once the new schedule gets uh, out we'll, we'll of course break that down and talk about that because I know that's kind of on the forefront of everybody's mind uh, as well but uh, it's, it's gonna be fun to talk about uh, uh, the upcoming season rather than the uh, you know cancelled season that we've had to talk about for months now. So exciting times for Big Ten fans. Badger fans, and as we, uh, learn more, we'll continue to update you guys and, uh, cover it. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back with you again next week, and as always, on Wisconsin.